Hello, this is Raz, and welcome to the Razcast. What is this? Uh, armchair conversations with people from different walks of life about different topics like art, life, spirituality, capitalism, socialism, uh, steam, STEM, all that stuff, all that stuff, whatever the hell comes up. Uh, this is both the documentation of life and excuse to talk to my friends. And this time, this is an excuse to talk to a good friend of mine, Miss Mandy Wood. She is a lighting designer, um, honest, and just an all-around person who's awesome, works on a bunch of different stuff. We had a really dope, dope conversation just about art, um, what's going on in life, uh, you know, the future, really. Uh, and yeah, it was just really a dope conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. Remember to follow because now apparently we say follow instead of subscribe, which makes may way, way, way more sense if you think about it. So remember to follow uh, the podcast, tell a friend, and I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, welcome back to the Razzcast. On this episode, I have a wonderful friend of mine, Miss Mandy Wood. Hey, everybody. Just so we could start, which this is kind of like my first question. Uh, one, I would like you to introduce yourself to the people, but also say, I realized I don't really know like your journey of being, doing what you do. Like I know like bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's ongoing, of course. Yes, it's always ongoing. <laughs> Ever changing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Raz. Um, so my name is Mandy and I am usually a lighting designer for um, live events. Um, so like theater, opera, dance, um, weddings, sometimes concerts, and sometimes film. So I guess like that's kind of my main like uh, artistic endeavor and like career pursuit. But yeah, as Raz said, like it's a journey. And especially because of where we're at in a um, pandemic right now where we can't really do a lot of live events. It's been... Um, sending me on on a circuitous path <laughs> um but I guess to kind of try and answer your question like what brought me to that how does one become what is the journey of a you how does a, a, okay. like I say usual lighting designer like there's a usual path yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> not really uh no I think that's a great question though like um so first of all like most of the time when I tell people what I do they're shocked that that's even a profession, like that mm -hmm. that's even a thing. So I think like, first of all, it's fun just to like uh, educate folks a little bit into all that goes on in like a live event, right? And um, so for me, I started like, I was like a theater nerd in high school, you know, like the kind of theater nerd that would like, you know, paint the sets on the weekends mm -hmm. and like hang out in the green room during lunch break <laughs> and like, like <laughs> total theater nerd. Um, and, but it wasn't really lighting. I didn't really do much of that in high school. Um, also my high school was like pretty, um, low budget. So <laughs> we didn't really have a lot of equipment to work with. <laughs> that low budget theater <laughs> yeah which prepares you for life but um yeah so I guess in uh, like I my interest in like theater and performing arts um was really sparked in high school and I would say mostly because that's where I like found friendships and community mm. and like I you know like I said I was kind of a nerd and um 
so for me, like theater sort of like opened me or had open arms for me just in terms of like finding my community. And I think that that's why I wanted to continue pursuing it is because I just like, you know, as like a 15 or 16 year old kid, I was like, oh, I can like have community in this art form, mm. right? Without really like having many skills. Oh no, they, you <laughs> can learn everything. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, you can pick so, up a hammer, and that's then, all we need. Yeah, exactly. And like, it just, there's something fun about theater where it's sort of an all hands on deck. Like we do this together, we create worlds together, we collaborate. Um, and I really like that because I find that I do, while I do like other art forms, I find that um, the collaborative is, is really important to me personally. Mm. So anyway, so like that was like why I started liking it. And then I went to college and I was like, I thought I was going to become a research scientist and <laughs> oh yeah I remember you told me that you have a you have a double major in chemistry right yeah yeah so I actually ended up getting a chemistry degree just in and, case but I was just in case no and but I mean I think that's like you know I think people should just study whatever they feel feel like is fun to them while they're in college because like for me like the college experience is just like it's all about you finding what you are and, mm. and who you want to be associated with and what styles of learning work for you, I think. And that's so, so important. Um, so anyway, I like studied was studying chemistry, but still doing theater as a hobby. And um, the theater department in my college, like, um, was small, um, but like really, really, really good, I guess, like really, um, like there were a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um, no one really was doing lighting. And this one professor, I like ran the light board for one show. <laughs> and my freshman year after like not getting cast in a play, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, I feel like that's how it always happens. You like that's, try and be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you try and be an actor, you get disappointed, you get put on crew. And then you're like in the light booth, like pushing a button. And you're like, what did I do? Um, but for me, I like kind of enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, this is a cool way for me to still be involved, even though I'm not a talented actor. <laughs> and um, my professor was like, was like, oh, you actually like this. Like, do you want to just do this? And I was like, oh, um, I guess, I mean, I'll try. And um, so it's just kind of that accidental thing. And he was really kind and took me under his wing. And I started just like lighting shows and having zero idea what I was doing, zero idea. And, um, but that was a great way to learn is I would, he would let me stumble. He would let me like kind of fail. Mm. Um, just like lighting some shows with like very weird colors, like things looking a little unnatural, things being way too dark all the time, which I feel like all of those things are still my style. <laughs> But now I like can make intelligent choices around it. <laughs> yeah, you developed the style. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But he, you know, he didn't discourage me from it. And he would he would ask me questions and be like, you know, why do you think this works or whatever? Um, and so anyway, all that to say, I had just like I was really privileged to have like, like really supportive mentors 
And then from college, I like still sort of thought I would be a research scientist. And then I, you know, I graduated like right at the start of the big like recession. And <laughs> uh, so I feel like it was a similar moment, not as intense, but a similar moment to where we are now, where it's like, you, you're like, yeah, I can, you, I can you agree. probably know you're like on this path. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, none of that really matters because of where we are in the world. So all that to say, like, ironically, I couldn't get any science jobs. You know, like you think of like science versus theater as like, oh, well, science mm. will be the one you can get jobs, you know. And ironically, I couldn't get any science jobs, but I could get mm. theater jobs. And so I just started working for small theaters in Seattle, making not that much money, but um, it was like enough for me to like, you know, sort of pay my rent and buy a bus pass. And that was kind of all, you know, and um, yeah. And then I realized like, oh no, I can make a life out of this. And even though I wasn't, I certainly wasn't flourishing and I was very much struggling. Um, I feel like it was a similar moment to where we are now, where it's like, we're being called like artists right now are really being called into question in terms of like, I feel like we're in this conversation right now as a, as like globally around like what jobs or what professions are essential, mm -hmm. right. Versus like what is maybe non-essential. I mean, like things are literally being called essential and non-essential. Right. And so like, I, I would love to also hear from you what you think about that. Just like, as artists and like you having freshly graduated, you know, like we're being told right now that our profession is non-essential while art is so essential in so many ways, um, both like visceral and emotional and tangible and like in giving hope to like the world <laughs> and, yeah. and things like that. Um, and I just, yeah, I just feel like that's like a huge thing that we're all just sort of grappling with right now. Like, Oh, well, I don't have a job right now because I work in entertainment and that feels like a frivolous, it's a frivolous thing right now when we're just trying to save lives. Anyway, sorry, that was just a lot of rambling, but, um, no, that, that works oh. where you're oh. trying to go. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, that actually is actually part of my question as well was like, what do you think? But I can tell mm -hmm. you, definitely tell you how I feel about the current events. Yeah. Um, I will say, cause this is also a question that has come up before. I know my view is very is a little bit different from other people my age just because mm -hmm. I have always, I have a very entrepreneurial person. Uh, so mm -hmm. I have always been on kind of a, things can go bad. Um, but also <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like uh, it's just part, to me, it's just part of, um, you know, cause I paid my way through most of my college. So it was just yep. like, a, I've always was kind of in a finding different ways to make money. Yep. Um, cause I mean, for me personally, that's how I ended up getting into like theater and stuff because, you know, I started doing like sound engineering with music and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can also make money doing production with film stuff and theater yeah, things. So you find all the little like adjacent ways to like make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, this is like, a personally, I, cause I even have a, my mom is a nurse and I'm like, yeah, I don't like the idea of essential, not essential because to me, it's the idea of, you know, yes, there is certain jobs are not being, quote unquote, I would say, like, people are going to be like, oh, you don't need to go in for this job. But it's the same thing of like, 
I don't think a job is not essential because it's like for me that's one at least for the degree that I went to that was one because this is a to- this is a long to- uh, conversation conversation I've had with a friend who's currently finishing up their uh, degree at Loyola mm-hmm. um, and not in the same in the same school but not the same degree so we didn't have all the same exact teachers sure and the teachers I had um, not just like the art teachers but more of like the business teachers were constantly trying to push me to be like oh no one's going to appreciate artists. You need to find a way to make your own money mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. for me, this, because I actually talked to one or two of them recently. He was like, see, I told you, see. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so at least for me, this has been a good confirmation for me to be like, oh, I should do what I want to do, but also take into account of like, not everyone will want to necessarily, so we'll see what I want to do as quote unquote essential or will so like yeah. support it or legitimate yeah yeah, yeah. That it, it's really up to me to be like no this is I want to make money off of this this is a thing I love mm. and I'm gonna find ways to make this like work and also make a living so yeah well and I oh, I love that like that's so refreshing to hear from you and like I know it's like not all sunshine and roses like we say like oh we want to do what we love you know, but that's hard. It's a labor of love. Like it's hard. It's a harder choice to like, I could go like, (laughs) I always think about this. Like I could go like be an accountant or something and file like TPS reports, um, 40 hours a week. Right. And just be depressed and miserable. Or I can like find ways Like, and in that first scenario, like, you know, you have a retirement plan and insurance and blah, 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 blah. Or I can like, like you were saying, like be creative, not just like in your artistic endeavors, but with how you can make that living (laughs) Yeah, and, um, and like piece things together in a way of like sort of designing your own life around what you want to do. And I think also like not to go off on like a slightly political tangent here, but I think also like this is the problem we face when we try and produce art under capitalism. And Mm. I think, I think like, because, you know, art isn't funded uh, in our country at all, um, other than by like private parties, that's where we get into a situation of where we have to like make these choices of like, Oh, I can do what I love or I can make a living and have a retirement, et cetera. However, I feel like, And I keep telling this to like, I'm teaching a class at Loyola right now as well. And I keep telling this to my new students as well. It's like, it's up to us, like as the next generation of artists and up to y'all, like the younger generation as well to like redesign what that looks like, right? Like to redesign what it, not just like how we can make a living working in the arts, but how society values the arts and how that labor, like what the standards of that labor practice are. Like, can why can't we have insurance? Why can't we have, you know, all of these things that, that people get from being nurses and accountants? You know what I mean? And so I think it's like, it's up to us to like be creative, which is what we do best. And like, like really, really dream and push for like the life that we want. I don't 
Yeah, no, that's um, no. I mean, but that's that's this 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 whole podcast is just a giant or my giant tangents. I'm literally like we've been on I've been on Star Wars tangents with people. We've we've spoiled many things, so it's all good. No, no, we this is a tangent podcast. Um, I will never have any advertisements on this. I this is purely me and my people I want to talk to thoughts. Um, but no, that's I also agree with that that's one thing. Um, at least personally, that I have seen, like you know, I. Like, I've seen, like, a lot of cool things. People, even, like, my entire life have expected me to go into, like, STEM. But that's the thing I've told them a lot is, like, nah, man, this is, like, STEAM. Like, we need art. Like, because even mm, me, I'm a yeah. really big, like, history buff. And I have even studied, like, artists. And to me, the craziest thing is that now we live in a time, which is really weird, that they, like, romanticize uh, starving artists and artists who don't make money and all this thing. is like, mm. that was never a thing until, like, r- way later. Because, like, a lot of the, like, history, I at least the stuff I listen to, I look at is, like, especially, like, Michelangelo and all these, like, big giant artists that everyone knows about. They're like, no, they were businessmen. They realized that they needed yeah. to, like, you know, live. They were like, no, I want to make art, but I want to make money. So, like, so. Yeah, they just, made the, they got the commissions from the yeah. royals, you know. <laughs> like, right. Like, someone, like, get the, yeah, like the basically the equivalent of the government paid for them the stuff. So to me, it's I agree with you of like that's really we are living in a weird time. It's like the equivalent of the government isn't funding art, and they're like, what's going on with art? It's like that that that's that's why. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's really. I feel like that's really good to think about. Um, yeah, there's a book called um by Jeff Going goings called uh don't be a starving artist or the myth of the starving artist or something like that Ooh, or, i'm gonna oh, have no, to no. That up. real artists don't starve that's what it is real artists don't starve <laughs> um yeah and it's like a it looks back at history and it's like no it, he basically looks he's like no there's like this myth that this was a thing but if you know that doesn't make it would not make sense for people to like if you think about it why would mm-hmm. people make art if they're not getting paid to do it some way and yeah. make all these great things yeah yeah, no, I, uh, I'm so glad you said that. That's amazing. And like, for me, like, I always want to think of it in like a framework of labor. And mm-hmm. so like, I'm, I'm also like a union stagehand, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm part of a union where, you know, we put up like all of the lights and sets and stuff for like the Broadway tours and such that come into town or that, that might be working on a film set or something. Um, and what's that, what that has taught me is that you can, you can work all of these cool shows and gigs and make art and, um, have retirement funds and have bargaining rights and have insurance and have all of these stable things that like normal people in normal jobs have. (laughs) And for me, it's like, you know, if we think of our value in terms of our time, like the time that we spend on a project, like let's say Mm. like, like going back to your Michelangelo thing, like let's say like Governor Edwards all of a sudden is like, Raz, I want you to like, I'm commissioning you to like create some amazing like soundscape for me or something for my campaign. Um, I don't know. And like, and like now, you can set your standard, right, for the thing that you want to do. Like, okay, I'll do it, but like, this is what I require. And, and I feel like that is like a cool part for us is that we have to come together and, and sort of like talk to each other about like, 
what is the bare minimum we will work for? What is the value of that? What, what is the value of my time and of my work? I just, I feel like that's huge. And I think sometimes when people get burnout working in this industry, and I've seen it, and I've seen it in myself, I'm going to be honest. I can tell you, I've seen <laughs> um, it in myself. <laughs> <laughs> right before the pandemic, I was super, super burnout on this industry, just from working so many different gigs at once and doing the whole freelance hustle, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think part of that comes from, there's this attitude of, and I've heard it a lot, where it's like, oh, well, I do what I love, so I shouldn't like also deserve to like have good working conditions. Like, like you sort of like, you're like, oh, it's okay. Cause I get to, in theory, I'm doing what I love to do. Like, it's okay mm -hmm. that I'm working 16 hours, you know, or like, you know, in a dangerous situation by myself or something. And it's like, no, like if we are doing it out of a labor of love, it should be joyful like it should be wonderful we should enjoy it like and we deserve to enjoy it and what like you know just going back like what society and what capitalism wants us to think is that we're undeserving of that but we're we deserve to like flourish right we deserve to everyone whether you're an artist or a doctor deserves to be able to put a roof over your head and like buy yourself nice chocolates and like wine. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, um, so anyway, sorry, that's a little tangent, but you also <laughs> brought up something. You also brought up something that I loved when you were talking about steam, like mm -hmm. STEM versus steam and like adding yeah. arts into that. And then I am like, obviously a huge fan of that. But for me, like, I just wanted to share a piece like of thought <laughs> that I like encountered while I was working as like a, a, a very, um, <laughs> a student scientist in the lab. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I found that like, because I was also an artist, like it allowed me to approach scientific projects in a different way. Mm -hmm. And like, we think of science as this, like, thing that this discipline that's like already been figured out and that people have to learn it and then practice it but science is an art and it's being constantly like recreated and redesigned all the time every single day I mean like the vaccine is a huge example of that they had to like have creative solutions to come up with ideas of how to even approach a project and for me I feel like people are always like, oh, well, how did, how did you ever mix like science and art together? And it's like, oh, well, it's easy. It's the same. <laughs> it's design. It's all design. Um, it, and so I think like if we can convince society that like the value of art is like stretching that creative muscle inside our brains that allows us to approach any project with that like openness and that experimentation and that creativity, like that's huge. And then it's like, no, we don't need everyone to become artists, but we need doctors to take art classes so that they can like open themselves up to that creative thinking. We need research scientists to take art classes so they can like flex that creativity muscle because they're gonna need to get creative to figure out how we solve climate change, right? Like, and cause mm -hmm. they're building new worlds. So they need to take like science fiction classes and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, it's like, I feel like 
everyone wants to be so exclusive like you can either have like material conditions and like math and science and things like that or you can have like art and fluffy things and for me it's like it's everything it's all the same like it has to work together yeah no that's yeah like even for me that's i would say is true because it's like like two of my really close friends like best friends and they've both been on this podcast and i even did like a side podcast with them one of them's a neuroscientist and one's a programmer but they all both uh play music and they both are really into like art stuff and video games and one of them Mm. dates a a digital artist and like that's one thing like there are two people who agree with me on that they're literally on the other side of it and it's like to me that shows it's like we're getting there it's just taking a lot of time for like society to accept it's like no we need both part we need all parts of this this isn't a it's we don't need to quote unquote like specialize in that way it's like no we need to get information from everything to better the thing that we have kind of yeah like a generalist specialist kind of like duo rather than one or the other mm. oh that's beautiful and that's so encouraging to me that your friends who are like future scientists and coders like are thinking in that way like that to me is beautiful and I mean it's just like for me I think like science fiction is like I mean first of all I'm a nerd and I love science fiction but I think it's like <laughs> when you like that's the perfect intersection of of all of these things that we're talking about about like world building and art and science and like the laws of nature and preparing for disaster and like pandemics and things like that climate mm-hmm. change and yeah I just love like I just love that I just love that sorry no nothing like sci-fiction is just amazing no like that's one thing at least even being like i've always realized how much of a fiction person i've been and like how science fiction even reading things is always very interesting especially old science is like we're here we're here now we're we're there mm. the sci- the future is here we just don't even realize it and then like yeah. reading current science fiction of like things in the future is like this is going to happen like they don't like they don't know exactly how it's gonna happen they're not 100 percent accurate but some mm-hmm. of these things but are it's gonna happen. there yeah, yeah i like um so i don't know if you've read like any octavia butler mm-hmm. yes yeah so so um during the pandemic i've just been on an octavia butler marathon and i feel like which is just like you know it's a little it's very it's very close to home um, with what's <laughs> happening right now. Um, so I just finished reading Parable of the Sower, which I would recommend for all of your listeners. But it's it's so good. Like, so it's set in 2025, which is like very close to right now. So it's mm-hmm. basically right now. And their conditions are that they're, it's a climate crisis and they've sort of and it's set in California and California has run out of water. And it's caused like huge societal upheaval. And meanwhile, they have a president sort of like R45. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> yeah, I won't taint your podcast with his name. And it's just like she, you know, and she wrote this in 1975. And it's like, she knew people, she knew like how we are and what we do to our world and like, and to each other and how we interact so Mm. well that it like reads, it reads like 
you're reading the news. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's like eerily accurate. <laughs> yeah, no, people, pe- that's one thing, at least, as always to me is very interesting, especially like I having read like psychology stuff and like histories and a lot of that stuff. They're all just like, people don't change. We We respond to the exact same things the exact same way like mm. it's it's very predictable which is Ooh. like which is like it's like oh well we can kind of prevent it. it's like yeah but we kind of can't because the moment we think we can we're not going it's like uh was the uh the dog like trying to catch his tail kind of thing yeah of like we know what we're gonna do but then we can't stop ourselves from doing it so right we and- constantly are like <laughs> trying to stop it i know instead of like Well, and that's the thing is like, because we're so afraid of that creativity of like new world building of like, Mm -hmm. okay, clearly our systems here are not working. But instead of like, okay, let's, let's tear it down and like create an entirely new system that serves more people. We're, we're doing, we're chasing our tail. Like you said, like we're, we're like, oh, well, I'll put a bandaid on this. I'll stick my finger in this hole and hope the water doesn't run out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. because we're like, we're stuck. We don't, we don't value that like creative thinking and that like zooming out approach of like, no, 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 no. We can, we need to think bigger. We need to think more long-term, not just like what's going to affect us right now. It's like, what's going to affect our, our grandchildren. Mm-hmm. um yeah that's cool well, that's I this love that. this is this is like future thinking but it's not necessarily involved in this but <laughs> i'm just <laughs> uh what do, what do you think like because there's a uh another person that asks about this also works in events and like touring and stuff i asked i was like what do you think the future of you know light you lighting is specific obviously mm. for your area but then events touring live events all these things because things will obviously not be the same yeah to say the least yeah I don't know I don't know I I think that's I think it's so um we're still like realizing and I and this is something I'm working on for myself too is like I feel like I'm personally very stuck in the realizing that oh we can't go on the same way we've been going in terms Mm -hmm. of our of the entertainment industry for many reasons for oh for so many reasons (laughs) and it's good in many ways that we're like you know starting we have to think new but i feel like you know it's hard to take that step into admitting okay we got to do things totally differently we can't just try to do the same kind of events we used to do um Mm -hmm. i think like our big outdoor festivals like jazz fest and things like that where people are just like you know all up on each other all sweaty and fun and delightful um i think it's gonna be hard to see that yeah i mean that's that's (laughs) one thing it's gonna be hard to see that (laughs) that's one thing me and my uh my friends have said i mean but that's even one thing we had said back in college like as music industry students we're like there's gonna be a festival bubble something's gonna pop this we don't know what it is gonna pop this but we can't have all these Mm. festivals we didn't think it would be you know a pandemic but (laughs) we were like something is like we have too many of the we have too many Mm -hmm. yeah oh that's such a good point too and like it it brings my mind to like fire festival (laughs) yes yes (laughs) perfect example what a a horrible storm that was and just like 
the idea of this, like, you know, a festival to me is like, I feel like in the early stages of us having them, it's like, oh, this is great because it brings more people together, gives more people access to this art. And now I feel like we're fighting that in terms of like, oh, it has to be like VIP package to Coachella, you know, mm -hmm. like it's like thousands of dollars and it becomes this mm -hmm. very corporatized and very, it just like makes it to where the people who festivals were originally for, like literally can't even afford to go to them anymore. And then like, it's just like a bunch of rich people like having their VIP yurts and it's just, just like, ah, uh, and like you see that here with Jazz Fest, like Jazz Fest was a festival for locals, music and for locals. And now it's become, and luckily. You were just saying how, um, how Jazz Fest, we were just talking about how like the way festivals started off were, were with like, we're smaller communities, we're with people. Like Jazz Fest was like a thing that was only supposed to be for local artists kind of thing where like it starts small and now we're, it ended up like right before, obviously right before the pandemic, it ended up being like this thing where it's like, all right, VIP, VIP everywhere. You have all these things, you have all these people. And it's not about what it like nowhere near what it was originally about anymore kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's like such a, a common theme that we see like in festivals everywhere. Right. Like I feel like that's like the Coachella experience or like the, you know, any of these festivals. Um, and it just, yeah, it's just so interesting. And I wonder, I feel like it became such a, like a luxury to be able to go to a festival. Whereas before it's like, you know, I remember being like in my early twenties and being like a pretty um, like starving artist <laughs> and still being able to afford to go to concerts and festivals, um, having that privilege. Um, but I feel like now I'm just like, I can't even do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. yeah. So I just, I mean, I just wonder, and I think the pandemic is like luckily going to change some of that, but I wonder, you know, what's it, what's it going to be? Is it that like the live event, you know, the tickets go way up because they have to have all these COVID protocols in place or something. And then the cheap seats now become just a virtual event or like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but it is interesting to, me, interesting to me where it's like, you know, that idea of like the festival or the, the live event where it's like the goal is to bring as many people from as many backgrounds as possible together. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of beautiful when that works out, but like that gets really tainted when it becomes just about your like, you know, VIP experience or mm -hmm. corporate sponsors or whatever it has to be. So I don't know. I'm wondering what you think about this too, as like more of a, um, more of an audio artist yourself. Um, at least personally, cause that's one thing that me, a lot of people I've talked to, what we think is going to happen is we just think the big festivals are dead for like the next 10 years, um, which yeah. personally we're not at least as the people who is part of that age group who is technically is marketed to, I'm not against it um, <laughs> because it's, like you point out, it's really expensive. Like it is, it is dramatically expensive. It's a, it's a basically a thing in which it's like, all right, I'm going to go do this. It's basically a whole of, as a person who plans events, it's basically a whole event in which you, yeah. you spend money to go take pictures, to go do this like 
Yeah. Yeah. It's way too, it's way too much. It's just, it's like, it's stressful. <laughs> like, right. like it, it's this is like, supposed to be a vacation. This isn't supposed yeah. to be more event work. I just like, I just haven't even gone to jazz fest like the last couple of years. Just, yeah. I'm just using that as like our local example, but like, I just, it just is such a hassle. It's just like, you're mm-hmm. like, well, I have to pay like hundreds of dollars to go to this thing. And then there's going to be huge crowds and like, and then it's like, you got to find parking and you got to pay mm-hmm. for food and blah, blah, blah. And I think like there is still a lot of joy that can be found yeah. um, in those spaces, but it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just gotten way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely a thing of a lot of the, at least people I talk to, they say like, oh, what most likely is going to happen. You're going to have like a, you're going to have like a bunch of small, everything's going to go small, like really, really small. And mm-hmm. you have like a big, mm-hmm. like local, like local things will go up. Like you'll have like, oh, let's go have like a art market show or like that type of thing, which is like very localized events but for like the big events and those like and i don't think jazz fest will come back like anything that's giant big i really don't see it coming yeah. back because i don't think people are going to want to pay for it i don't think people are really going to deal with it oh um, and people and aren't going to want to work like yeah the, <laughs> there's no the, one who wants it besides the, besides the sponsors the obviously. yeah besides the sponsors it's like you know you know, it, like working festivals is really hard work and like they employ thousands of people sometimes depending on the size of the festival. And um, it's just like I, one thing that's been encouraging about like our industry sort of being on hold for almost a year now is <laughs> is like crazy. I know it's insane uh, is like, you know, it is giving us a, ch- a chance to think about like what was working and what wasn't but yeah i wonder what the future of like concerts and festivals and live events will be i think like for me personally like i don't love the virtual experience like i'm not over here like dying to go to some like live streamed concert yeah um (laughs) like i want to go and like feel the vibrations of of the music being played and be with the energy of the crowd like to me that's like a specific experience that you're that you're purchasing when you go to a a concert and like my like crappy like laptop speakers like playing the streamed event is just not gonna cut it for me (laughs) so yeah I just I don't know I wonder and I feel like we'll be in like an awkward transition phase Mm -hmm. like which I think we're gonna start to see a bit of like maybe in the fall or early of next year, depending on how vaccine rollout goes and such. But like, I think we're going to start to see like, you know, smaller, smaller live events that Mm. are hopefully not like super price exclusive. That's my worry is that everything's going to become small, but very expensive and Mm. that things aren't just, aren't going to be available for us. But maybe like you say, like the, like, art market show or like you know those sort of outdoor sort of more casual events might be our our thing and i feel like in new orleans like we're good at that stuff yeah like, <laughs> we can new orleans will have its own thing compared to everyone else yeah i know i know it's like yeah yeah we'll we'll pave the way for for people <laughs> yeah. um my well two questions left one is uh what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten either professionally or just in general that you would be can give to the because most of my audience is basically 
uh around my age and younger 2500 mm-hmm. so, so mm-hmm. it's like people mid-20s and younger and you know we have like one or two the, the random Ooh. one or two listen of people older so yeah. any advice would be great uh, <laughs> <laughs> for... I'm, I'm like i'm ready to turn that on you and be like y'all give me some advice but um <laughs> no i um that's a very that's very sweet of you to ask and very flattering um i okay i feel like career wise like i think especially in our industry like a piece of advice i got from a designer that i used to assist a lot um he was like you know when you're job searching like definitely like you know look for the price point and make sure you're being paid and valued for your work but know that money isn't the only factor that should factor into your decision making and like think of the quote unquote equity of the situation like what are you getting out of this partnership like is it educational value is it artistic fulfillment is it the pleasure of working with people that you really like working with so that like community vibe or is it just financial fulfillment and hopefully if it's a good gig he was like you want to make sure you got like three of those or like at least two <laughs> at least two of those. Right. Yeah. And like, so like, you know, we all do jobs, like, you know, I've done plenty of like corporate gigs where did it provide me artistic fulfillment? Absolutely not. Did it give me a really shiny paycheck so that I could then the next week go and do something more artsy that didn't pay me as much that fulfilled me more. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, (sighs) that and i would just add my piece to it which is like what i feel like i'm learning a lot over the last year is is like really start to examine your values for yourself as an artist and as a human being so like what you value in the workplace and i guess like sort of like that ties in with boundaries too so like what what is your worth? Like coming up with what your own worth is and what your boundaries for working on a project would be like, and making, and just making sure you like don't agree to things too quickly and really take a moment to, when someone asks you to be part of a project, whether it's an artistic project or a job for money or both, <laughs> hopefully both. <laughs> um, you Always can, hoping for both. Yeah, hoping for both. You can like take a step back instead of like saying yes immediately, like take a step back and take a minute to actually think if it like aligns with your like career goals and artistic goals, but also your values as like a human being. And like, will this give you enough rest in the day? You know, like, do they, are they nice humans? Like, are they going to treat you like a human or are they going to be really like, are they going to, you know, approach this in a very like hierarchical, non-collaborative manner. So I think like taking time as young artists, and I wish I would have done this like when I was y'all's age, to develop what those like boundaries and values and goals might be. Um, and I'm doing that now while I'm out of work. So I feel, I feel <laughs> like I feel like um, you know, late is better than never. But I feel mm-hmm. like that's so important. And if we all do that collectively, what happens is the industry gets better because we have higher standards for ourselves and how we're going to be treated. So 
like that that would be my advice oh that's lovely i can't wait to have someone pull just all that and make it a youtube clip uh (laughs) (laughs) value pure value (laughs) yeah oh Um, good um well technically it is two more things but one is um well, since you you have already done this, but if you have another one, I let you. I let my uh, guest ask a question of me. If you have any other questions that come mm. to mind, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, um, I you have a lot a of questions. I feel like I have a lot of questions for you, but I um, I guess like I want to ask you. We've talked a lot about like what we might see the industry doing, and like the value of like creatively approaching world building with sci-fi mm-hmm. and like the value of art and stuff. And so I, I wonder, and this is kind of a big question, but just, I, I want to like hear you work it out in your brain is like, what, if you could like, what is like the world that you would vision? Like, <laughs> that's a huge question, but like, it could be either like the world of the arts and entertainment or just like the world in general. If you, like what, what feels, yeah. What is like a world that you want to create? I guess <laughs> it's a question. That's a good, that I, I like, I like that one. I like that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I mean, however big of, or small, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess that is that, that question kind of is, I kind of answer that question, but even what I do, um, and mm. which at least my, my, like, cause I realized you know, like we, we kind of know each other, but you don't realize like, you know, we've talked here and there, but you don't, know like a lot of my my views of like certain things like that i am a very big entrepreneurial person in the way of my end goal is like this is what i tell my friend a lot of my friends and stuff is like i'm not gonna hit my peak i'm not gonna hit my start hitting my stride till i'm 40 because i want to learn a yeah. lot of stuff and i want to change the world of art and entertainment because at least personally to me i grew up with a you know a lot of i grew up in the arts world i grew up in new orleans i grew up in this world in which i saw people who are artists not be appreciated for making really dope shit and a lot of that shit ended up creating not just art but that art ended up inspiring science and technology and has all these different um hell yeah different things so to me at least personally and as a person who one i like to i personally like making money mostly because it's a game to me not even because of like the money part of about it um and so as a person who understands money and also understands art i have always been a person who my end goal is basically to create a better Warner Brothers or better like giant media company in which it's learn how to appreciate artists and the business as one and realize that the creative and business can be one and we should like the way we become better is the is like the like I said it's combining things it's like mm-hmm. through like curiosity it's not through like oh this path will be better this path will be better kind of thing it's like oh let's take the good parts about this let's take the good parts about this combine them together and like one up everything because like this is my nerd coming out of like now i played video games and anime and all this stuff my entire life right, so right to me the best thing is to c- combine as much stuff and keep going and so yeah my, my thing at least like the world i would like to create is one in which it's like oh i can help like you know my friends like i love working with my friends so for me it's one of those things of getting to do things like this and be able to like help people and educate people entertain people and also have people get paid um, is like what I hope to do. That's beautiful. I, I love that so much. And I think it's just refreshing to hear that. Cause I think also like artists as artists, we tend to live in like the scarcity mindset. 
sometimes and Mm -hmm. of this like oh I'm an artist so I don't deserve to make money and we talked about this a little bit already but I just love that idea of like no we can do what we love and live in abundance we can make enough to provide for our needs and to share with others and to like build a better future for like our children and stuff. And I, and I love that. That's, oh, that's awesome. And very inspiring. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, then my last question is just, what are you grateful for? <laughs> Ooh. Um, wow. <laughs> that one always stops everyone. They're like, hey, hold up. wait. <laughs> I mean, a lot. I, I, a lot, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, this is sort of like ironic right now because we have a lot of it, but I'm right now I'm really focusing on like how grateful I am for like this, this time. Um, mm-hmm. And which is also like so challenging and hard sometimes, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I'm just, I'm really grateful. Like I think a silver lining is a dumb word for it, but I don't know what else to call it. Like a silver lining of this pandemic is that you know we have it's it's the world has forced us into a period of slowdown into a period Mm of of reflection and being able to i feel really privileged to be able to take that step back right now to think about what was working and what wasn't and i feel like on a on a larger on a collective scale and on a global scale we're there too like we have this opportunity, whether or not we take it, <laughs> uh, to to take a step back and analyze what we've been doing for so long, just like grinding away in the same methods, mm-hmm. and to really think about what's working and what's not. And I I'm really grateful for that time. Not just so much in terms of like hours and minutes, but in terms of like space of like opportunity to like, you know, when I was approaching like beginning to teach again this semester I was like okay I have space now to like think about why I was teaching this the way I used to and maybe let's think about doing it a little differently now um Mm. and just like trying to apply that logic to everything um so I'm really grateful for the reminder that we don't have to like do things the way they've always been done nice well, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> if you thank you thank you for coming on. Uh, if people would like to contact you, uh, I don't know how would best how would they best reach out to you. Oh gosh, um, I have a website that's very unupdated, so <laughs> not that. But um, I guess you can find me on Instagram at unicornwood, um, and I don't post often but i lurk often so you can find me there yeah we all lurk (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i guess that would probably be the easiest method these days yeah awesome i will i will put that in the the show notes um and (laughs) people can uh Mess- message you uh also i know you said you, you do have a website and they do have some of your work yeah, on there my, so people can't see is, some of that my website is mandywood.com so you can go see my lighting design work um from the last like 10 years there um 
I haven't been doing any new work lately. So there, you know, there's nothing new, but, um, but yeah, if you want to take a dive into my past, that's, <laughs> that's an option. That's an option. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. people think, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, remember to subscribe, go look at Mandy's wonderful work, message her on Instagram. Um, uh, remember to tell a friend and uh, goodbye and have a good one, listeners. <laughs> Bye.